It's 11 a.m. on Friday, and you know what that means. You're listening to TNT in the Mornings on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr. And I'm Thomas Lynn Murphy. Lock in and join us in talking all things sports from the Plains and around the SEC every Friday at 11 a.m. right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back to TNT in the Morning. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr. we got a lot to talk about this week here on Weagle 91.1. Auburn volleyball losing streak. Auburn soccer back in the win column and Auburn football quarterback controversy. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thomas Lynn Murphy, you you, you happy to be back, man? Hey, shout out to Weagle today, giving us in the right mindset by playing us some poison and some queen, and we are feeling good this Friday morning. Everything is rocking and rolling, and I think that we're going to have to get started with, with, with the basic stuff, but we've got a big show ahead of us, Thomas Lynn. We do. You want to go ahead and jump in and tell the folks about Auburn soccer, big win over t- uh, Texas A&M. Also, I'm sorry if I sound flustered right now. We're dealing with a little bit of technical difficulties. I'm going to sort that out while TL tells you guys a little bit about Auburn soccer. Is that cool with you, TL? I'm going to get this hey, resolved. No, that's fine by me. Uh, Auburn soccer, big match coming up uh, tonight against number 17, South Carolina. Um, so, so, Auburn soccer is 0-2 against ranked opponents so far to start the 2021 campaign. But both losses have come within one point and so I'm, I'm looking for Auburn to hopefully get their first win of a ranked opponent tonight on the road at South Carolina absolutely Thomas Lynn and I want to apologize to all of our listeners right now who are tuning in on Weagle 91.1 FM I sincerely apologize it boils down to as simple as Thomas Lynn I just didn't push the right button and I am very <laughs> I'm very sorry man like I, I swear I have this down every week and for those of you that tune in specifically to listen to TNT in the morning. I do apologize for that. We will make sure that doesn't happen in the future. <laughs> I forgot to press the going on air button. It's just that simple. Um, for those of you just now joining us, um, Thomas Lynn Murphy just gave us a quick rundown on what's going on with Auburn soccer. Coming off a win over Texas A&M University on Sunday, 3-0. Goals came from Emmy Craven, Anna Haddock, and Sydney Richards. Their next game will be against number 17, South Carolina. That's at University of South Carolina, excuse me, and they have bounced back into the win column, so they're in good shape. No need to pump the brakes on, or I'm sorry, you can pump the brakes on panicking about Auburn soccer right now. You should be panicking about Auburn volleyball. Yeah, Auburn volleyball's looking rough. They've now lost, what, four straight matches, and starting off, they came into SEC, or they've lost three straight matches, but they came into SEC play a atop the SEC in their record and faced the other team that was atop. They were tied for first against Ole Miss. Lost one to three. Then they looked for a bounce back game against Alabama State last week. Did and, not find one. And they did not find one. They came up short in the fifth set against Alabama State. And then they traveled to Tennessee where they came up short again. And, and were swept they, for the first time got swept. in so, 2021. This was a team, mind you, that was the first – Correct me if I'm wrong. Six or seven matches were sweeps. Sweeps did not lose a set. Did not lose a single set. So there's um, this seems this seems fitting though. I actually would not be worried because this is still significant improvement from 2020. I was gonna say, are they ahead of their schedule? They're ahead of my schedule that I'm, I gave them. If you'll buy that, right? Does that does that work? Is that no? Yeah, that's what I was asking. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think that this is a good spot to be in if you're Auburn volleyball. So uh, I think I think Crouch has established himself as the, he wants to be here in Auburn. He wants to build a culture here in Auburn. He's winning with what he has now, right? And um, it's only going to go up from there. So there's that. Um, let's now, now, now before we we continue on, Thomas Lynn. I just I wanted to say this this show as always is it's it's typically football heavy. Auburn fans tuning in, if you're listening here in Auburn, Alabama, you know this. If you're not listening in Auburn, Alabama, you probably know this anyways. There is a lot to talk about with Auburn football this week. We've got to get started early because there is so much to talk about it. Thomas Lynn Murphy got to have, I want to give him a quick shout out. We're very proud of Thomas Lynn Murphy for working with War Eagle Productions for the first time this past Saturday, working his first big league game, <laughs> first SEC college, college football game. Congratulations, Thomas Lynn. Sure, very so proud much. of you. Got that first paycheck in yes, the bank. Yes, absolutely. That's the best nice. part, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. 
and uh, we're very proud of you. Uh, but unfortunately, you had your first game was Auburn versus Georgia State, which objectively stinks because that game reeked. I'll tell you what, though, it was like a blessing at the same time because I was doing so much during the game, it kept my mind away from the football game itself. So I wasn't as entirely like drawn into the game like most every Auburn game and as invested into it. So I didn't really feel the pain. I wasn't mad or anything. I just kind of was like, well, it's, it's going to happen again. Here, here we are. So, But we, we pulled through, and that's it. I mean, there's, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to unpack here um, about this Auburn loss to Georgia State. What was the final on that? 34-24. Thank you. 34-24. I, I want to say 35-25. I thought it was about to. I was about to misspeak. Speaking of, 34-24, if I'm not mistaken, that's an Auburn football score, Gami. Just Thank throwing you. that out Thank there. Thank you. Red alert, red alert, red alert. Anyone listening? Thomas Lynn <laughs> has discovered another form of a scoregami. <laughs> Thank God. Thank goodness. We love when Thomas Lynn provides us with the scoregami. Right, right. I have a question, a couple questions for you before we get into the big question. And everybody who's listening to the show, even if even though you guys missed our first 45 seconds, and that's entirely my fault, so you didn't hear my hook. It had something to do with um, the big question of the week here in Auburn, Alabama. Before we get to that question, what in the world happened to that Auburn prestigious run defense on Saturday? I think a mix of things. I think, one, you could say for the entire Auburn team as a whole was – they were looking past Georgia State. They were looking straight into SEC play and LSU. It's almost like you and I called this a trap game. We did, yeah. And that's what happens when you've got a game like Georgia State in between two very big games. That's how it always goes. But I think the run defense, the main part of that was the missing of the linebackers. So was it, though? I think that I, th- I thought we've talked about, and I'm not disagreeing with you, the depth at linebacker is probably the only position Auburn has. Right. Depth at. Yes. But you, they were missing their top two for the entire first half. And, and I, one for the entire game. One for the I, entire I, game. I understand. I will say, when Zacoby McLean came back onto the field in the second half, that Shut entire up. defense was completely, completely different. Completely different. I agree. But that is, that is a reason for concern. Because we don't know the health of Owen Papo right now. We really don't. We Harson, don't. Harson has not made it. He's listed as starting on the depth chart. Am I wrong? Uh, no, he should be starting. Yeah. Correct. He's starting on the depth chart, but that doesn't mean anything. Depth chart doesn't mean anything. Let me keep teasing the conversation later <laughs> on. It does not really, mean anything. It does not mean anything. But we don't know the health of Owen Papo, and we don't know that Jacoby McLean's going to stay healthy all year. God, God, God forbid. I don't want anybody to get injured. But if you're really banking your entire defense off these two centerpieces, which is fine, you can build around centerpieces. I think I think Auburn's in trouble, man. I think that that the the lack of depth is catching up. Uh, it was a blatantly obvious issue on Saturday, and and I'm no no discredit to Georgia State, but you're not playing an SEC opponent. You weren't playing a Power Five opponent. Nope. You're playing a Sun Belt team that you should have. I I would have been completely fine winning that game by 20 points if if you're an Auburn fan. That's fine. That's understandable. They're not an FCS school. They should score more than you know. More than a a MAC team would or an FCS team right. would. But it should not have been where it was at all. And the the whole – there's a lot of questions I have. And I, I'm sure you, you have some too. Right. Defense is the biggest one for me. No, de- defense is – back to your point of the rush defense, Auburn gave up 267 yards on the ground last Saturday. And Auburn only had 166 itself which you sh- should never see an Auburn team like get beat in the rushing column, especially against a team like Georgia State. Um, Georgia State's running back, Tucker Gregg. Five, player of the game. Player of the game, 5'10", 220 pounds, has 257 yards on the season. Mm-hmm. 150 of those came, came against from Auburn. Auburn. Yep. I mean – and You said it on Thursday – you said it on Friday of last week. The Georgia State – Runs the ball twice as much as they throw it. Is that what you said, or is it vice no, versa? No, no, they run the they ball, run the ball twice, twice as much, much as they throw it. And Auburn shouldn't have an issue. Like, <laughs> like you're licking your chomps at that if you're an Auburn Tiger player. I mean, exactly. No, exactly. And I, I, have, I have another question for you, um, Thomas Lynn. And then and, and if you've got one to ask me, I'd love to right. make this conversational. 
Is Auburn's secondary as bad as I think it is? It's the worst in the SEC, in my opinion. I th- I don't I I think it is it is abysmal to watch. It, it is bad. Um, we have I'm not going to specifically say players' names, but we have several players on that secondary, in my opinion, that are very very overrated. And I'll say it. Go for it. I don't think Smoke Monday is that good. He's not. I I I I'll be the one to say it. we're we're this is this is our opinion. I don't I don't discredit. I don't want to discredit Smoke Money as a person, but let's let's look at the fact that we're looking at him objectively, like as as a player, right. as a player. Um, from an objective standpoint, Smoke Monday is not a fundamentally good corner. Mm-hmm. He's happened to have two or how many pick sixes has pick sixes has he had since he's been Auburn? Two or three? Uh, I know for two could be more. He's he's he seems to be in the right place at the right time. Three, three. I know of. Three, I know of as well. He's he's always at the right place at the right time, and he had a monster play in 2019. And, and 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 that's great, but he's not a fundamentally good, or an objectively good corner. Yeah, we're talking about down in, down out. Like gets beaten coverage. Sometimes it's completely out of coverage and isn't where he's supposed to be. I question his ability to play zone. I really question his ability to play zone. And that's Derek Mason's defensive philosophy is zone defense strictly. Yeah, I got a question about De- uh, Derek Mason too. <laughs> <laughs> And Mike Bobo, for that matter, is it too early to start saying what in the world? If you're an Auburn fan, what is happening with these coordinators? Because you you don't love what you've seen out of Derek Mason's defense against teams that matter, bringing no pressure and making Sean Clifford look like a Heisman candidate in the Penn State game, not being able to stop anything Georgia State threw at them in this past weekend's homecoming game. Homecoming, Mike Bobo, your team only scored one offensive touchdown. How in the world you did not lose that football game? Beyond me. No, they sh- Auburn completely should have lost that football game. But for the defense, I, I don't think the zone is that bad for Auburn. But because if they switch to men, those secondary players are just going to get Burnt, especially, I'm not, I'm not especially by SEC quarterbacks and wide receivers. The question I have is, why is Auburn running a 3-4 defense against a team like Penn State, who we know can run the ball very well and give Sean Clifford every time of the day to sit back there in the pocket and throw the ball? Now, for Mike Bobo on the offense, I'll be honest, I don't know what else Mike Bobo can do when the quarterback play is not where it needs to be. And I can as, tell you what as I, we I can found tell you what out, the wide receiver play and the thing that's going on about that too. So there's a lot of questionable things going I can on. T- I can tell you what Mike Bobo can do. I'm being. I'm. I'm a little. I'm a Run little the jump, ball. I'm a little jumpy today. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really like <laughs> really really passionate today because I think we have a lot to talk about. I never would have if you would have told me this time last week you're gonna have a bunch to talk about after Georgia State. I would have been like, yeah, okay. But here we are. Um, yeah, no, you're right. Mike Bobo can commit to the run game. It seems like every time there becomes even like a remote situation where you could be, you could justify, oh, you know, we could pass here, and no one would like judge me. Yeah, let's not run the ball, even though I have two backs averaging a high, more than six yards a carry. Yep. Why are you not committed to the run game? Uh, I I couldn't tell you. Uh, I mean. Tank Bigsby, he had been going for over 100 yards every game this season and then struggled. <clears throat> struggled this past week. He only averaged 3.3 yards a carry. And so far this season, he's getting outrushed by uh, Jarquez Hunter, which is great because, I mean, Jarquez Hunter is probably going to be amazing at Auburn one day and already is. But I know Tank Bigsby has to be frustrated with that too. I visibly. Mean, he's visibly frustrated. Right. And if you're Mike Bobo, you can't have your star running back getting frustrated because he's not getting as many touches as he should be, and he really should be getting more touches. I would agree with that statement. Uh, I'd agree with you being critical of Mike Bobo. I'm critical of Mike Bobo. I'm a critical of Mike Har- – uh, I'm sorry, Brian Harson. Mike, I try to combine names there. <laughs> we're going to step away for two minutes, but don't go anywhere because when we come back, we're going to talk about somebody else we're critical of. And I'm just going to say the name, and we're going to cut the commercial. Are we starting Bo Nix, Brian, or are we starting TJ Finley? We'll be right back. Welcome back to TNT in the Morning right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr, joined by Thomas Lynn Murphy. You, get, you guys didn't get to hear that intro 
earlier in the block and in the hour because I've made a mistake and I still apologize. But I'm not going to apologize anymore, Thomas Lynn, because that's <laughs> behind us. <laughs> anyway, so welcome back to TNT in the morning, coming to you from our studio here in Auburn, Alabama. Beautiful day, October 1st. Happy Friday. Since this wasn't on the recording earlier, I'm going to tell you again, Thomas Lynn, it's basically Halloween. It's spooky season. You, you're already saying it's Halloween. It's October 1st. It's been October 1st for just over 11 hours, and it's Halloween already? It's Halloween. It's it's spooky season. Okay. I mean, as as long as you don't do Christmas before Thanksgiving, I do I'm not. Fine. I do I'm not. I do not. I feel like day. October 1, you can start doing Halloween thing. That's fine. Yeah. Like, There's nothing else to look forward to. So, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I'm next week, my girlfriend and I are going to go on, like, a date. We're going to, like, go buy, like, one of the pumpkin patches. I'm going to pay, like, 45 bucks for a pumpkin I can buy at Walmart for 10 and I'm going to have a great time. As long as you go to the pumpkin patch on not a Saturday, that's... Yeah, uh, yeah, no. As long as middle of the week. Yeah, you can't go on a Saturday. You can't. You can't <laughs> go to fine. pumpkin patch well, ruining football. Sunday before the noon kickoff. So. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you can't miss any football for a pumpkin <laughs> patch. No. Okay. Anyways, back to football. <laughs> back. Tweet at us at TNT in the AM. Let us know what you think about pumpkin patches. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm sorry to my future wife. I'm not going to a pumpkin patch. Is it because it's football season? Yeah, mainly. Mainly. Yeah, we, you, we not your, don't like pumpkins. I mean, I'd rather not go to a pumpkin patch just to go to take a picture with a pumpkin to post on Instagram. But you buy a pumpkin, and then you go home and carve it, and it's fun. They smell bad, and no. I'll take my kids one day (laughs) on not a weekend. I'll I'll get them out. I'll get them out of school. I'll chuck them out of school and go just so I don't have to go on a weekend. (laughs) Back to football, back to football. Um, I'm actually not even going to apologize remotely for that little tangent because that was incredible. (laughs) We teased it right before the break, and we're going to go circle back to it now. I'm just going to lay it out on the line. T.J. Finley came in, essentially saved the game for Auburn uh, on Saturday, and I really don't feel like that's an exaggeration. Uh, he drove 98 yards down the field to score Auburn's only offensive touchdown. Bo Nix postgame made it seem like he played pretty well, um, which I uh, – that is an interesting take. I disagree. I, I think it's very interesting. We now officially have a quarterback controversy on the Plains, Thomas Lynn. Yeah, we have a – Auburn has a quarterback controversy controversy but it's not a controversy in which I'm too thrilled about it kind of reminds me back in 2019 when we had the quarterback controversy of Joey Gatewood and Bo Nix and both are we have a five-star and a four-star but the four-star looks like Cam Newton and Auburn's hopes like we were rising and feeling good and everything and then it turns out Joey Gatewood is now on his third team at UCF Bo Nix is not panned out to what he's supposed to be and this it just doesn't seem like a real quarterback battle to me. I I, I would agree. So so we're, we're going to get into it in, in a minute about about what this means uh, for Bo Nix in the future. You say you're not excited. I I, I disagree. <laughs> uh, not not even from an Auburn fan perspective, as much as this is Brian Harson's really first true moment of saying okay I'm I'm the coach of this program we are not going to continue to stick with a guy who's not winning football games right. Bo Nix has done a decent job of winning football games at Auburn he has a winning record with for what's that that's worth you know what I mean but I am very much intrigued if nothing else by the fact that Brian Harson has now successfully told LSU prepare for both be somewhat prepared for both of them or be completely prepared for one. You can't be completely prepared for both. Right. I uh, I like this take. I, I, I like this move, especially since the significance of the LSU game is higher than it has been in a long time uh, for the sole purpose of Auburn is sick and tired of losing in Baton Rouge. <laughs> but this, this quarterback controversy, I think, is a good thing for the program. I do... However, think Bo Nix will start on Saturday. Uh, I agree. I do feel like Bo Nix is going to start. I don't think that they pull the plug on him after one bad game against Georgia State. But I, I got to give credit to Brian Harson. I mean, he tried many different things when Auburn was struggling last Saturday, switching up the running backs, throwing different people in offensive line, even switching up the wide receiver groups and just mixing and matching, trying to get something to work out. And finally, when nothing worked out, he finally pulled the plug and said, all right, we're going to the last resort. We're putting in T.J. Finley and just seeing if that, like, switch. It's not not even saying Bo Nix your bench. It's more like we need a quick fix. We need a, a spark. And as Finley, soon, Finley was that spark on Saturday. He was. And 
credit to Brian Harson for realizing it and finally doing something that Gus Malzahn never did back in 2019. But that spark came as soon as T.J. Finley stepped foot onto Pat Dye Field. The entire stadium erupted, and it was like a different energy within the stadium, which boosted T.J. Finley's confidence. It brought the entire team together, and they were able to push through against Georgia State. I'm with you. Uh, I think that it, it it was it was exciting from a fan perspective. I'm sure. I do. You mentioned the stadium erupting when when T.J. Finley took the field. I do think it's worth noting the boos received by like the Bo Nicks received by the stadium. He was booed when there, his name was called the starting lineup. It's unacceptable, in my opinion, like, for fans to boo. Not for fans to boo, but just the hatred towards him. And I, I think it's... Hatred. It's too much. Hatred's an interesting term. Tell, uh, tell me more. I'm listening. I'm, li- I'm listening, genuinely. Well, I mean, obviously, there's that meme going around Instagram, like, this is the year, yeah, whatnot. Bo Nix has improved but, so much. <laughs> but as soon as Bo Nix has a bad game or doesn't live up to the expectation of a fan, the hatred on Twitter goes about all this and that. He's, he's just there because of his dad and all this and that, when really he's done what he's supposed to do. He's struggled in some uh, some games, but he has improved, and he's gotten better. We saw that at Penn State. He's not an X-Factor. No, he's not. He's in his third year. He's a five-star, uh, one of the most highly sought. Was he not the highest-graded quarterback to ever come to Auburn? Maybe. I think he was I re- the highest-graded quarterback to ever enroll in Auburn. He's not been an X-Factor at some point. Do you not look and say, we missed on this kid. We missed. I mean, they're not all hits. Jeremy Johnson was a five-star. He was a miss. He was. And Bo Nix is nowhere near on the same level as Jeremy Johnson. But when do you say he was a miss? I think that, I think that he's been a miss. I think this is not, not new. I think Bo Nix can be an average quarterback. And that's fine. If, if you, I mean, if that's what the best thing you can do on your team is, is play with an average quarterback, you can win a lot of games. We talked about it last week. All right. There's been problem a lot of is, national championships with just average quarterback. The problem is, average quarterback is Bo Nix is an average quarterback when he's playing his best. Maybe, I, I don't know. How much above average of a quarterback do you consider Bo Nix when he's playing his best? He's not elite. I mean, I'd say he's top five in the SEC for quarterback, like when he's playing his best. Okay. This year's SEC quarterback class is not very strong, so. Well, it's not. I'm, but you do have the two Osmond <laughs> favorites. You do. You do. But other than that, I mean, I mean, you have, you have uh, obviously uh, Matt Corral, Bryce JT Young. Daniels, Bryce Young. I don't know. I, it's it's not that I have the answers. Obviously, I was just no. genuinely curious. What None you of have us to do. Say. But this is a concept I'd love to hear actually from our fans. If you're listening, tweet at us at TNT in the AM. Who do you think Harson starts on Saturday? Who would you rather see Harson start on Saturday, and why? I'm I'm just curious. And because do, do you think this is the end of the Bo Nix era in Auburn? I will say this: that's a great question, TL. I'm going to answer it. Viewers still answer it. Listeners still answer it. Our, our favorite members of the TNT in the morning family. Bo Nix has to start this week if he's ever going to start again. Does that make sense? It does make sense. If you bench Bo Nix this week. You can't start him again, and he transfers out of all. Well, a lot of people think he won't, but I, I think he transfers out of all. Oh, if he gets his job taken, especially with the way today's NCAA football works, right? You, he would transfer in a heartbeat, and then that's fine, and that's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think if you're Harson, you have to start Knicks this week. I and don't. If you can start him, and you can pull him again. Yeah, I don't. But think you, you can pull the plug. Right after a poor performance I, against Georgia State, and to be honest, T.J. Finley really didn't blow my mind when he went into the game. The offense worked it, better, though. It worked better, but it was also the new spark. It was the energy in the stadium. Give credit where credit's due. That 98-yard touchdown drive was miraculous. It was impressive. It was. Other than that, though, he did miss a couple throws, and uh, and how much of that's the wide receivers receiving core? I mean, I'm not. I there's so many factors here. There is. The, the, but I think it's but too soon to pull the plug on but Bo let's, Nix to take him out of the starting lineup. Let's be honest. He's got to have a short leash because Bo Nix played bad on Saturday. Correct. I mean, there's no covering up. It was not good. Bo Nix played poorly. 
which is fine. Okay. I mean, you know, like it's it's fine to understand that you know there's going to be bad games, but your leash is short, right? You would think that leash is really short. All right. What's his margin of error? Uh, two picks. Two? Yeah. You gonna give it all the way to two? Well, I mean, if he throws one pick and it's one like, one pick and two three and outs, and I think he's out. All right, yeah. If he if he goes two three and outs, I'd say two three and outs is equivalent to a pick. Okay. So no, I like that. I like that. Picks. That's good. That's a good two ratio. Picks or a pick and like two three and outs. That's a good ratio. That makes sense to me. Just if the offense isn't clicking, then quick fix. T.J. Finley throw him in there. Let's just see if he can get the job done. But I have a, I have a question for you. Yeah. And what's up? I'd love to. I, I have an answer. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, we don't. We've had four games so far of Bo Nix under this new offense, with Brian Harson, Mike Bobo, this and is it's com- it's completely different than what Bo Nix and offense what they had with Gus Malzahn. Right. So, w- could you look at this if you're an Auburn fan, as just don't pay attention to the previous two years, just strictly look at this year's Bo Nix four games. He played very well in the first two. Cupcake games against Akron and Alabama right, State. Right, right. But played as expected, you should, right? I'd say he played average, if not above average, when he went on the road against Penn State. He played an average game at Happy Valley, yeah. And then he had one struggling, very poor performance game against Georgia State. Do you pull somebody out of those four games who has played pretty well in three games and then struggled in the very last game? Would you say to pull the plug on a player like that? I don't think so. So that that's where I'm at on it too. But I to your point, I, that that's a great way to put it. That that is a great way to make people visualize and just think about this year. Because I, I have a hard time thinking that way. I, I do. I think the past two seasons, it's a completely different offense. It's a completely different Bo Nix. And I just we when the, we look at Bo Nix and talk about him, we think a lot of previous seasons. The problem is digression instead of progression. Yep. And there has been noticeable digression. There has been. It's almost like Bo Nix took a step backwards in 2021 as he did in 2020. How much does that have to do with new playing calling? I don't know. He's been under three new play callers already. What does it matter? How much of an excuse can you make? You know what I mean? We're we're talking Bo Nix. You're hanging out right here on Weagle 91.1 TNT in the morning. Make sure you tweet at us at TNT in the AM. Let us know your hot takes on Bo Nix and TJ Finley, the starting quarterback situation your grievances or celebrations for the Auburn football program, or honestly, what you think about pumpkins. We'll be right back in two minutes. Welcome back. Welcome back. TNT in the morning. Weagle 91.1 FM. Thomas Lynn, how are you feeling now that we're kind of like back in the rhythm and I, you know, I'm actually on air? <laughs> I know. And and they didn't get to hear the – we talked about Weagle was getting us in the right mindset yeah. before our show by playing us some poison. Yeah. Some uh, the Beatles. Yeah, here comes the sun. Yes, we mm. got made us really good on this Friday morning. TNT in the morning almost became a radio, uh, a regular like music radio show today. It that, was that, almost a karaoke show. It, I was about on, to go yeah, on we air were and actually just start singing. Yes, we were going to karaoke. That was maybe Queen, Queen was coming up as we got off, dude, and had it started the show. Heroes by David Bowie and the Foo Fighters are lined up. They're playing on the background of this right now, and there's no one can hear it. I, I'd like to apologize to our listeners, actually. <laughs> you have to listen to us instead. <laughs> Welcome back to TNT in the Morning. We were just talking a little bit about, not a little bit, we spent a whole 15 minutes talking about Bo Nix and TJ Finley, the Cole quarterback Coral. I like that, the quarterback Coral. Cool. Mm-hmm. You look at me using my journalism degree to right. say words and things. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to continue talking football. And soon we're going to get to know the foe, which is everybody's favorite segment. I know it's mine. Thomas Lynn's right. over here ecstatic. I texted him this morning when he asked me if I had to finish the rundown because it was my job this week. And he said, hey, we send me the rundown? And I was like, oh, yes, the rundown that I have certainly <laughs> written already. <laughs> yeah, I'll get that right to you. Can you write get another foe? <laughs> Before we get into football, I do want to throw a little fun tidbit out there. And it's been my favorite thing to tell people this week. So I'm heading to Baton Rouge tomorrow morning, 5 a.m., Thomas Lynn. More power to you, brother. I know, I know. I wish I could. I know, I know. So I'm heading to Baton Rouge to go watch Auburn play LSU in a game that Auburn's not won in Baton Rouge since before either of your hosts on TNT in the morning were birthed. Correct. Was it 1999? 1999. You're a 2000s baby? Yeah, I'm I am. I'm a 01 baby. I am a 2000 baby. I am. I know, it's so weird to think you're an 01. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... 
Yeah, so fun fact. Neither Thomas Lynn nor I were alive last time Auburn beat LSU in Baton Rouge. And I think it's really fun because I spent 120 bucks, and I'm certain Auburn won't win. <laughs> At this point, no. I was, feeling, I was feeling good about it after the Penn State game, and not anymore. <laughs> yeah, the confidence is just gone. But Especially when they released the time of the kickoff. But now that I threw in my little tidbit for Get to Know the Foe, that's like get to know the rivalry, not you know, not get to know the foe. I don't, I'm not stealing your thunder, <clears throat> Thomas Lynn. <clears throat> get ready. <clears throat> Are you ready? I'm ready for. Ladies you. and gentlemen, at this time, it's time to get ready for get to know the foe with Thomas Lynn Murphy. I couldn't have done that any better myself. That, that <laughs> was just amazing. <laughs> All right, so get to know the foe of the LSU Tigers. I did not. Go Tigers. I did not know this. This is actually shocking. So. They're one of the smallest SEC schools. I thought they'd be one of the biggest, actually, because their campus is huge. Right. What? Yeah. And so to put into perspective, Texas A&M has about 64,000 enrollees. LSU has 30,000. Half that. Less than half of that. That's crazy. What is Auburn? 35. This is. So we're probably like in the middle. Of 30, no, we're, we're on the smaller side. We're 35 counting undergraduate. Uh, counting graduate. Wow. So That's interesting. Crazy. I guess the, the Tigers are a little smaller out here. Go Tigers. <laughs> All right. So, <clears throat> one of the most famous things Les Miles, former LSU head coach, was known for. Eating grass. Was he would eat grass before every game. And I guess honor of good luck or something. But when he ate that grass, he actually consumed two grams of carbs, one <laughs> gram of fiber, and one gram of protein. Thank so you. So if you're looking for a healthy diet. Just grab some grass. Just eat some grass. Dude, yeah. Yeah. Maybe goats are onto something. <laughs> All right. So also, they're the only school in the NCAA that has had a number one draft pick in all three of the major sports. In football, of course, the uh, in Joe Burrow. 2020, Joe Burrow, Osmond winner, national champion. Back in the 1990s, Shaquille the Diesel O'Neal. Who's that guy? <laughs> <laughs> and then in MLB, this is like in the 70s. I do not know this guy. Had to look him up, but it is Ben McDonald. That's pretty cool, though. That is cool. That's the uh, only school to have players drafted first overall in all three sport, three major sports here in the United States. Yep. And, and then the final one. I like the last one. Yeah. I, I thought that was cool. You got to throw in something about the mascot. Right, yeah. Every, no, every always. week and get to know the foe, especially – when they have a live mascot tiger that is visited by over 100,000 people every so single year. crazy. That's cool. Auburn needs to get a live tiger along with their live eagle. <laughs> but along with I'm a little LSU, afraid the tiger might eat the eagle. I just get it in its cage. It'll be all right. <laughs> but uh, LSU's live tiger, they do not purchase them. Uh, they have not purchased a tiger since Mike III in 1958. Interesting. So that is interesting. The um, only thing I really know about LSU is they sent me a lot of pamphlets when I was in high school, <laughs> and all of them said, love purple, live gold, which I think is an interesting slogan. Like, love the color purple, but live gold. Like, live your best life. All right, LSU. Okay. I like that. I do like that. Now, um, now that we've gotten to know the foe, thank you so much, Thomas Lynn, my favorite segment every week. That's right. I immensely look forward to this. What do you? What do we? What do we even expect? Like, I, this is laughable. It's it's funny. A question, funny question because I don't know. Yeah, I just put my hand over my face, just just in awe of the question because I <laughs> honestly have no idea what to expect in this game. I, this I'm, could go like I. Th- I'm trying to. This could go any way, anywhere in the world. It could be a blowout that Auburn wins, a blowout that LSU wins, a close like twelve overtime game. You know, like. There's just no telling with this rivalry in general. Whenever it's it's this game is played, it's always ridiculously close. Yeah, that's what how I think it's gonna go. I think just like any big rivalry, but like this always ends up in a close game. But like, I just really don't know what to expect. We don't even know who's starting at quarterback for Auburn. We don't. I don't. I don't. And we, and we thought LSU was smelly and bad, and then maybe they're not that smelly or that bad. I can't even like wrap my mind around like what to just expect of this game. <laughs> I, like, I'm trying to, but like I really cannot. Like, can we run the ball? But can we pass the ball to open up the run game? LSU is going to stack yeah. the box, put like nine people in the box, leave every single one of the <laughs> wide receivers on an island, and and like you know, what can you, we hit them? You know what's funny? When you just said we, I didn't know if you were talking about Auburn or LSU because you were saying, can we run the ball? Can we pass the ball? I, both teams are asking the question, same questions. Yeah. 
You don't know. Will the will our defense stop the other? Will the Tigers stop the Tigers? Who knows? Everything about this game is confusing. Will Auburn have the right amount of wide receivers on the field for every play? Oh, don't bet on it. <laughs> I mean, they struggled with that last week. How do you feel about that firing? So, one of my biggest things coming into this season was finally – Cody Burns is not the wide receiver coach at Auburn anymore. And somehow it got worse. It did get worse. <laughs> uh, they struggled holding on to the ball. We still, or Auburn receivers still cannot get open. And execution. I mean, they're confused as to who's supposed to be on the field, when, what play they're running, what route they're running. And it's just abysmal. So, honestly, the firing, there's a lot of, rumors circling around about why he got fired, this and that, whatever. I don't know that's true story. I think the obvious reason is that <laughs> players were dropping footballs. Right. But also the his um, filler, the new wide receiver head coach, was Bron Harson's OC at Boise State. So I also feel like it might have been of like a matter of time until he stepped into that role and took over. Because who does not want a wide receivers coach that has – formerly coached players like Deshaun Jackson and Keenan Allen. Right. And John Ross, the exactly. man who has the fastest 40 time for a wide receiver in NFL draft combine history. Right. Sounds good to me. Well, I'm I'm with you. I don't I, I think that we've touched on everything about the LSU game because I, I don't think either one of us know what to expect, Thomas Lynn. And we're gonna talk more about Auburn football and we're gonna give projections from from us for around the SEC as well when we come back from this commercial break. I'm going to commercial early so we can go longer on our projections. That sounds great to me. I'm doing you're, it. You're the host. You can do what you I'm, want to. I'm doing it's it. It's your show. We're still doing our one every 15, right? <laughs> yep. So we're right. going gonna to go to a commercial. We'll be back in about two minutes. And then we're going to talk around the SEC and then give you our score projections. We'll be able to go a little more in depth because we don't know what to expect. So, Thomas Lynn, what should the people do? Tune in to Weagle 91.1 FM. You're listening to... TNT in the morning, every Friday morning, so tune right back in. <laughs> Sounded great, Ready? We'll be back in two minutes. Y'all don't go anywhere. Welcome back. Welcome back. TNT in the morning. Weagle 91.1 FM. Thomas Lynn, I just want to say I'm sorry I threw you like into the fire there before the last segment. <laughs> no, it was a little unexpected, but it would have gone perfectly fine if I would remember the name of our own show. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you know what it is now? TNT in the morning. Congratulations. There I'm really go. proud of you. And what's our Twitter handle, do you know? Uh, TNT in the AM. There we go. There we go. We like I, switching it off. I have to keep TN, uh, TL on his toes, y'all. Otherwise, he'll fall asleep on me. No, not actually. I'm a senior. He's a junior. Someone's got to carry the show on next year. So someone's got to make sure they're sitting in my seat over here by the computer and pressing the buttons, even though I'm apparently not very good at that either. <laughs> so uh, We both have our struggles today. We, it's all right. You know it's what? Friday. It is Friday. It is very much Friday. And we made it to the end of the week. And we've also made it to the last block of the show. How are you feeling, Teal? You ready to get rock and rolling on SEC? I'm I'm feeling great. I think well, how are we looking on those SEC projections for both of us too? So, a really good question. Um, my hang on, my face ID on my phone doesn't recognize me now because my hair is too long. Um, so overall in the SEC, I went eight and zero last week. You went seven and one. Very good weeks. There we go. I am forty one and five. You are forty and six. Our non conference games, we are still zero and two apiece. So we have not picked those since week two. Yeah, once you start off, we've decided to stay in the SEC. (laughs) But um, actually, the fact that we're you know we got through a lot of SEC games last week relatively unscathed is um is good. Now starts the interesting part, and where those records start taking a hit is once we get into SEC play, which pretty much starts this week with some big SEC games. This is all all SEC week now, so we are here. It is SEC week time, but let's let's. Flip back real quick. Things we learned last week. Um, if you have one note uh, that you'd like to add, I know you're probably going to want to say something about Arkansas, Texas A&M. So I have something else I'd actually like to talk about quickly because it's not that important, but I think it's important. What is it? I don't think Mizzou's that good. I think people are really, really riding that Mizzou wagon, and then they lost to BC. Oh, granted, it was an o- OT, but, you know, people look at – it seems kind of weird when you're in the SEC and you fall to like a non-Clemson ACC school, right? Even though BC is good this year, Boston College yeah. is good this year. Four no, four no. They're they're a good football team, but I think a lot of people thought Mizzou should win that game. I mean, I and agree, I, and I, I like what Eli Drinkwitz is doing up there, but uh, I don't I don't think Mizzou is that good yet. I think we can pump the brakes on it being Mizzou's time. Yeah, they didn't they didn't stop the run against 
Boston College. That's ultimately what got him beat. Pat Garwo. What I love this name. Pat Garwo the third. Great name. Say it again. Great. Pat Garwo the third. Such a good one. Uh, twenty five carries for a buck seventy five and two tutties. That's not gonna. You, you can't win games when opposing running back. Yeah, or like tearing that. you up like that. <laughs> and all, Auburn almost suffered one last week because they had one running right. on them like that. <laughs> right. How about uh, shoot, man, the Hogs are really good. The Hogs are really, really good. Hogs are good. My question though is, and I think this coming week is the week we really find out: Are they legit? Because I th- they're legit. All right, they they're are absolutely legit. I still don't know what to think of Texas A and M though. I really don't. I think the same thing about Texas A and M that I think every year about Texas A and M. Overhyped. Being mediocre is so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I can relate to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I know. Uh, we are Auburn students. Like I, I get uh, it. Yeah. But AM's just it it feels like it's the same old, same old under Jimbo Fisher, and everyone's always, you know, hey, you know, give Jimbo Fisher his credit. They're so much better than they used to be. No, they're really not. This team's not a whole lot different. And they're winning eight games every year, which is fine. Like, you know, winning five eight games is fine. It, that that works at a lot of schools. It doesn't at AM and it won't last forever. No, nope. uh, he has the same record through four seasons, if I'm not mistaken, the exact same record as Kevin Sumlin did in his first sure. whatever game so far. That sounds right. I mean, no. you know, he, but he's not fireable because everyone there loves him. Yeah, no. So which is fine. I'm not. I'm not putting Jimbo in the hot seat. I just and also think if Texas A&M gets a top tier quarterback too, it could push him over. Are you trying to tell me Kellen Mond wasn't top tier? Nah. Oh, Kellen Mond yeah. was the most was the definition of average. I'm on your side. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he. They all, but they. I mean, they did good with him, but yeah, yeah no, I, no, I agree. He was average. You threw me for a loop on that one. I thought you were saying he was good. No, TNT in the morning stands by. You can win games with an, with average, an quarterback. average quarterback. Quarterback, <laughs> you can. You can win games with an average quarterback. You can win championships. I might with an put that in the Twitter bio. Question is: Is can you win national championships at an SE school with an average quarterback? I mean, Jake Coker has one. That's Alabama. Greg McElroy has one. You can go down the list of Alabama yeah. quarterbacks. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But actually, I might I might put you can win championships with an average quarterback in our Twitter bio on TNT in the morning. <laughs> I think I <laughs> that's should. Our, that's our motto. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on to this week, um, I mean, there's a couple. There's not much more that I really thought was that crazy from last um, week. Florida uh, is starting to impress me more and more. Yeah, Florida. Florida's really, really good. I mean, a three-point, two-point loss to Alabama, mm-hmm. and then they did what they needed to beat Tennessee. Twi- beat Tennessee by twenty-four. Yep, they got a they got an interesting game against uh, another East opponent in Kentucky this week. That Kentucky keeps squeak, squeaking by, man. Kentucky to Florida is what Ole Miss is to Alabama. Are you sure? Yes, it's just like huh? they sh- they should win every year against them, but they just give them that little trouble. Oh, okay. I thought you meant, I okay. I thought you were comparing this week's Bama Ole Miss game. No, no. To this no. week's Florida Kentucky game. No, no. And I was like, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think that those are the same. <laughs> no. Is UK what's what are they? They're four and zero. UK is four and zero. Barely. So I, I'm expecting a pretty decent game there, and it's at Kentucky too. Uh, so. There's a, there's a lot of fun football this week. A lot of I fun wish I could just sit down and watch it all, but your boys got work on Saturday. Yeah, Hopefully. you gotta gotta go be a be a big working man. <laughs> my my day on Saturday is going to consist of we are intentionally getting up in time to make sure we can be in Baton Rouge uh, early enough to catch kickoff for Arkansas UGA. That's going to be an electric ball game. We're going to get down to the projections in here a second. Georgia is. A lot of people are starting to say the best team in the country after Alabama got exposed a couple weeks ago. They could be. The only question with Georgia is their offense and the quarterback. What play. offense? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> their defense, obviously, like, is well, no their question. offense was there last back. week. They, they manslaughtered Vanderbilt, which is. Everybody knows our thoughts on Vanderbilt. Well, they play the best game this week. Vanderbilt, UConn. Six dollar a ticket? No. You can get them for a dollar. Dollar a, a ticket. A dollar. Dang, we're living like in the 1960s now. <laughs> Heck yeah. I might drive up to Nashville. A dollar. You would spend significantly more getting to Nashville. Your ticket, <laughs> you could get a ticket for a family of 20 and pay more 
an Uber than you would on your tickets. Yeah. That's just crazy. You're going to pay like 20 times more for parking. Literally. Literally. Unless parking's free now, Vandy's just completely given up. <laughs> yeah, it could be. If it's, so, if it's anything like the that. Auburn parking situation, though, it's, it's not that good. Not good. So, yeah, Georgia could be the best team in the country if they could piece things together. Alabama is the best team in the country. Alabama Ole Miss is another really, really fun one. Your two presumptive Heisman favorites? Yes. yes. Head-to-head? Yes. Whoever wins that game, you would think, takes the lead for the Heisman race? Without a doubt. Yes. I'm excited. Anything else you're excited for specifically this week before we talk about these games, T.L.? Um, I guess just like the Alabama-Ole Miss game, I, th- I think Alabama's going to win by probably 10 to 17 points. 10 to 17? I'm listening. I'm listening. No, I, I do. Um, I, I agree Bama's going to win. It's going to be – if you're betting this game, you better take the over. It's going to be 45-plus points okay. by both teams. It's, it's going to be one of those high-scoring, no-defensive – Games that every college football fan is just going to fall in love with. Word. The thing that Ole Miss has to do to take down the Monty Crimson Tide, it is not with Matt Corral and his arm. It is not the passing game. They are going to have to run the ball. We saw against Florida that that is the weakness of, of the Alabama is their run defense. Right. So if they're going to beat them, you, I mean, I know – Lane Kiffin and that offense, they love to just run and gun and pedal to the metal. But the lane train's going to be rolling. But you you also have to have that time of possession. Right. And limit the amount of times Alabama the, the has fewest, ball as The well. fewer chances Alabama has with the football, which the is, better off you're going to be. Yeah, which is why it's a tough game for Ole Miss, too, because it's like to beat Alabama, you have to not play the game you're accustomed to. Right. But – you're, and you got to go. You're gonna have to run the ball. Matt Corral cannot throw it sixty something times, right? And beat them, right? It's too one dimensional. You're gonna have to get them on their feet. And if you cannot run the ball, then Alabama's just gonna run away with it. Well, while we're on the excuse me, while we're on the subject, let's go ahead and start there with our pickums. Games in Tuscaloosa. That is a day the two thirty CBS game, correct? Yes, it's it's gonna be a fun one. It is gonna be a fun ball game. Uh, give me the tide by like thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah, I like thirteen. Yeah, I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna go the tide as well. This is a game Ole Miss could win. I'm gonna go the tide as well, and I'm gonna say this could like break the SEC like all time points in a single game. Jesus. Like it could be like fifty five to like forty five or something like that. Okay. Actually, I'm not sure if that even breaks the Auburn Arkansas. It doesn't. Game in it also doesn't beat the LSU. Uh, oh, oh, LSU. I forgot about game. that. Yeah, I don't think anybody's beating that unless you do go to think seven overtime. Ever going to be touched. But you're taking the tie by double digits? Yeah. I'm taking the tie by like 13, like I said, but I don't feel good about it. That could be like by 10. I don't know. Uh, this is always a fun game. And it's in T-Town, so give the edge to Alabama. Uh, Let's go ahead and do Arkansas-Georgia. What you think? Why is this game an 11 a.m. kickoff? Can we first discuss yeah, that? Why no the college game day, game of the week, we're not in the Big Ten. There's no big noon kickoff. Why is this game at 11 a.m.? No idea. This should be a night game. Honestly, Auburn and LSU should get the 11 a.m. kickoff if you want. Compared to, to the yeah, comparatively, yeah. Yeah, I I, I don't know to think about that. Uh, do better, whoever's in charge <laughs> of that. <laughs> um, I I'm still iffy on Arkansas. They're way they're bl- blowing me away. Sam Pittman's got to be the front coach of the year. Oh, of the year. without a doubt. Yeah. Well, but him and Lane. They do have a tough few games coming up. They right. Got, they beat A&M. Now they got Georgia. They got. Auburn in a couple weeks. They got Alabama at the in November, but I don't. I just don't know what to think of Texas A&M and how big that win for Arkansas really was. Georgia is dominant. I think they're going to stop Arkansas's offense in that run game. If they don't, then Arkansas can can edge it out and win. But I'm going to take Georgia by I'll say ten. It's a good take, Thomas Lynn. I I really respect your opinion a lot. Woo pig, give me the Hogs by fourteen. <laughs> I'm riding with them until they prove me not to prove for me to not ride with them. I've stuck with the hogs through the thick and thin. Been a diehard hog supporter since 2018, 19. Excuse me. I'm not actually a fan. I just absolutely love when Arkansas is good. It's like that underdog. Yeah, and it's so fun watching them be good again. So yeah, woo pig. I'm taking the taking the hogs. Let's see here. Up next. Tennessee at Missouri, that's another 11. That feels like that should definitely be an 11 a.m. kickoff. It yep. is. It is. Um, on like SEC Network Plus. 
<laughs> but it's not plus. It's just on SEC Network. Yeah. I'm going to go Missouri on this yeah, one. Yeah, I'm taking Mizzou. I actually, I don't think it's close. Texas, Texas, Tennessee's bad. They're they, really bad. They went back with their last hire. They did. Uh, for them to get over the edge, hire Peyton Manning. I said it. Oh, jeez, Lord. Yes. Hire the entire Manning family. Yeah. There's an idea. Bring in Arch Manning. <laughs> Arch might commit then. Let's see. Uh, Troy at South Carolina. I mean, Go game at Gamecocks, I guess. Like what? As much as I want to pick Troy, like I really do. Oh yeah, I'm me gonna, too. I'm gonna go South Carolina. Yeah, Florida, Kentucky, Florida by twenty plus. Kentucky's uh, just proven to me that I can't trust them. I'm gonna go Florida by. I'm gonna go thirteen. Okay. I'm gonna go thirteen. Mississippi State at number fifteen, Texas A&M, and I'm just you know what I'm gonna do it. Hail State. You would do that. I was looking for like a little switch up, but I'm I'm picking Mississippi State too. Are you? Re- reason why Texas A&M? There's a lot of questions about that team, especially quarterback. Mississippi State, they had a tough loss last week. Their and, offense either but, really works or it doesn't. Right. So I mean, <laughs> and Mississippi State low key should be three and one right now because they got screwed over against Memphis. Several botched calls. They. Down to punt, and then Memphis just picked it up and ran for a touchdown. There was no replay. Right. It was just, it was bad. Weird. So, I, but I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give the edge to Mississippi State. I'm, yeah, no, I, I like. I know them. I'm gonna I like look them. back on this next. I Friday like them to upset. Myself, I, I like them to upset A&M. I do. Greatest game of the week: UConn at Vanderbilt. Yes. I think Vanderbilt actually wins this game. Oh, I really want to pick UConn, but. That 0-5 just looks so bad. No, it looks beautiful. But, you can't disrupt it. <laughs> I'm going Vanderbilt, too. I'm just going to pick the SEC on that one. But how is UConn not better at football? I, they I, reek. They've reeked for years. They, they have. Are they Are they D1 for football? They're they D1. They are? They're American. I've never understood, like, pivotal, like, amazing basketball schools like Villanova, UConn, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt in the past, not now. But why are they not better in football and getting recruits? That's just, I don't know. It's odd. It is. All right. Score projections for LSU, Auburn. We're toward the bottom of the hour here. You've been listening to TNT in the morning. We're going to wrap this up with our score projections for Auburn's trip to Baton Rouge. Can they break the streak that dates back to before your host, Thomas Lynn Murphy and Harrison Tarr, myself, were born? Can they break the streak, Thomas Lynn? I'm sorry, Auburn fans, but I do not think this is the year. I feel like it's going to be another one of those games to where LSU is going to be a low-scoring game. I'm giving it 2017 to LSU, and they win on a game-winning field goal. I like the game-winning field goal, but I like 27-24. I also want to put it on the record, this is the first time Thomas Lynn Murphy has picked against Auburn all season. No, I picked I picked Penn State. You did pick Penn State. I'm sorry. I keep trying to take that one away from you. You do. I, I don't do. know why. I don't know why. But you know what? You know what I do know? That we appreciate our listeners. Thank you guys so right. much for tuning in this week. We'll see you guys right back here on Weagle 91.1 FM TNT in the morning next Friday. We'll talk about the battle of, in Baton Rouge, the Tiger Bowl. We'll have to recap it, see what happens. Make sure you tweet at us at TNT in the AM. Stay interactive with us on socials. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't. If you like it, I did it. If you didn't, it's Thomas Lenz. Have a great weekend, y'all.